Well, 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 happy Saturday, everybody. Unless, of course, you live in Australia, then it is already Sunday. Good to have you here at God Squad Church. If you're joining us for the first time, my name is Pastor Susie, and I have the immense honor that I love to be the founder and pastor here at God Squad Church. So glad you're joining us because we are wrapping up our six week series, How to Win. For the past six weeks, we've been really defining what does it mean to win. In today's world, what does it mean to win? What does it look like? 2020 is a year where Unfortunately, we don't really feel like we're experiencing too many wins. Kind of feels like we're experiencing loss after loss. Like it reaches a point where you're like, really? Like another thing? And we wanted to go to God's word and really show you that, hey, even when the world is going through a difficult time, we believe that as followers of Jesus, ultimately we have victory. It doesn't mean life's going to be easy. It doesn't mean life's going to be perfect. But when you know God, you win. And that's what we defined in week one. What does it actually mean to win? The world will say that winning means having stuff, having lots of Instagram followers, having lots of people that know who you are, but really we believe the Bible defines winning as not having stuff, but knowing Christ. It's better to have Jesus than to have anything else in our lives. I think some of us would agree, put an amen in the chat if you do. And we've been looking at this idea of winning and really realizing that in the Bible, Jesus flips the idea of winning upside down. Like all the ways that you and I have grown up thinking about how we win, Jesus just flips them upside down. In week two, we talked about the Old Testament versus the New Testament of how we win with God, that most religions will teach you that in order to win with God, it depends on what you do. But in Christianity, we know through Jesus that we win with God not by what we do for him, but instead what he did for us. In week three, Pastor Ball has talked about serving. The world will tell you that you're super important and you must be winning if a bunch of people are serving you, if a bunch of people work for you and are at your disposal. But no, Jesus said, no, 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 no. Winning is not having a bunch of people serving you. Winning is when you serve a bunch of people. Just flips the whole thing upside down. He's turned it all upside down. Everything about other religions, the way that you win, Jesus is turning it around, turning it upside down. And today, as we conclude our final message in this series, today I want to talk to you about something I think is so important. Today I want to talk about the recipe of rest. We live in a world where all of us, raise your hand if you're normally busy, how many of y'all are normally busy? You got kids, family, responsibilities, that after you've gotten home from work, you got to mow the lawn, the laundry's got to get done, the dishes got to get done. I mean, we're always, everybody's busy. Everybody's busy. But have you noticed that we're not just busy? Normally, we celebrate being busy. Like, being busy at times makes us feel important. Hey, are, hey are you free like later tonight? No, I'm busy. Got some stuff going on. Because the alternative is to be like, hey, are you free in like three hours? Ah, absolutely nothing going on because of absolutely no life. Like, no, I'm not free in a drop of a hat. Like, I'm busy. I'm working a lot. I got meetings. And being busy can almost look impressive. Like, oh, this guy's got a lot of meetings. A lot of people want to get a hold of him. I've been guilty of being too busy, being way too busy, way too busy, working too many hours, busy, 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 busy. And in our world, sometimes we think that people are busy or winning. They must be a business owner and have lots of employees, and their email is always full. So many people want to get in contact with them. In our world, we often refer to people that are busy as people that are winning. But some of you might know that the busiest seasons of your life, you probably didn't feel like you were winning. You probably felt like you were losing your mind. 
You probably felt like you weren't able to hold it all together. And the world will celebrate being busy, but the Bible celebrates rest. Now, I want to be clear. The Bible celebrates working hard, but it doesn't celebrate working all the time. The Bible wants us to work hard. God wants us to work hard and be diligent and be responsible, but he also wants us to be good stewards of our time and manage it well. And so what I want to do today is I want to go to a story in the book of Luke from the Bible, and I want to point out four ingredients that I believe this story shows us on how to achieve the recipe for rest. So if you've got a Bible, if you've got it with you, open up to Luke chapter 10. If not, I want to encourage you, click on the Bible link, read the verses in the chat, go ahead, look along with us. Luke 10, verses 38 to 42, starts like this. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him, being Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve all alone? Tell her then to help me. But then the Lord answered her with a response she probably wasn't expecting. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary, Mary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much today that we have your word. Thank you so much that, God, we have a guide. Thank you that you didn't just put us on this here, to, on this earth to fend for ourselves. Thank you that you're guiding and directing us. And today, Holy Spirit, we ask that we would open up our hearts and minds to be changed, transformed, to be taught by you. And I pray that right now we would put ourselves in the same posture that Mary did, to sit at the feet of Jesus and to learn from the truth that you want to share today. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. To help us understand the principle of rest, I want to introduce you to a very, very important character. He is my newest World of Warcraft character. I believe we have a picture that's going to be on the screen. Here he is. Ladies and gentlemen, some of you might not know, but my name is Susie, and this is my newest WoW character, okay? He is a tauren. A tauren is a big cow. Cow's moo, so I named him Moosey, okay? That's the end of that story. Now, this is my latest character, and I've been leveling him up a little bit on the side, not as much as I want to be able to play him, probably because sometimes... I am guilty of also being too, too busy. But I want to show you something very specific. When you're leveling a World of Warcraft, we've got a second picture. Now, this is not my character. This is someone else's character. Shout out to the random Google guy that I Googled, okay? As you see at the bottom, right, I'm going to try to point at it, right there, okay? You see those purple lines at the bottom. That entire line represents the experience bar. The experience bar is the difference between the level you're at and the level you're trying to get to. And those purple bars represent how much experience you've gained. And those kind of like gray empty bubbles are how much you need left. But World of Warcraft has a very unique mechanic that I want to show you. And the next picture, hopefully my, there, there we go. The next picture, going back to Muzi. There's Muzi, threw a little away for you guys, okay? As you see, he has a similar experience bar. But instead of his being purple, his is blue. Because World of Warcraft has a very unique mechanic 
that when you are playing the game and you're about to log off for the day, you're about to get off for a few hours, you got some responsibilities, you realize I'm way too busy to be playing this many video games a day, I'm going to log off, but I'm not just going to log off. I'm going to put myself first in a place where I can rest. There are places in World of Warcraft called inns, major cities, major capitals, where when you walk over the threshold of the city or the inn, literally above your character's icon on their bar, it shows a ZZZ, like the cartoons would symbolize sleeping. And your bar goes from purple to blue. But if you look even further, past the blue line at the bottom, somewhere towards the middle of that, do you guys see that extra little line? There's an extra little line because when you spend a sufficient amount of time resting, that line represents the amount of experience you're able to gain twice as fast because you first took time to rest. If you log out in a rested area, then when you come back to leveling and questing, to doing the same thing that you were doing before, you can actually do it twice as fast and twice as effective. I think the sermon's almost done at this point. We could say amen because some of you are catching it. You can do the same thing you were doing before, but because you took time to rest, when you come back, you're twice as effective and get twice the results. How many of you all know that we're not normally as good when we're not rested? I don't know about you, but my patience is normally a little bit lower when I'm not rested. <laughs> my attitude's not normally as nice when I'm not rested. And because Muzi took the time to rest, when I go play him again, I'll be able to play him at his best, be more effective, get twice the experience. And in this passage, Jesus is teaching us what we need to do in order to practically get rest in our lives so in a year of 2020 where we feel like we're losing, we can finally start winning. Four ingredients I want to point out from this passage about the recipe for rest. First one we're going to see here is we might need to, in order to attain rest, we might need to rearrange your schedule. I want to read to you the first verse again, real quick, verse 38 up on the screen. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into their house. A little bit of context here. Jesus and his disciples, they're on a long journey all the way to Jerusalem. But, I mean, we didn't have Uber or cars back then. So, like, either on foot or riding like a donkey, or if you're really wealthy, you could afford a, you know, a faster horse or whatever. But, like, it takes a long time to get anywhere, is my point. It takes a long time to get anywhere. So, like, normally days, trips weren't just over one day. So they're on the way to Jerusalem, but they're not going to make it all the way there. So Jesus knows, because he's God, Mary and Martha live in this area. I want to stop by their house. Okay? But scholars lead us to believe this was an unplanned visit. Like, there's no text messaging back then. There's no, like, call ahead, okay? And now the whole, like, myth about, like, people in the Bible putting a note and that, like, a dove flies away, okay? That doesn't really happen, right? Like, you don't give notes to birds and they fly away and tell people. Like, if you were going to someone's house, a lot of times, like, they didn't know you were coming. Completely interrupt your schedule, completely change things up. Now, back then, like, that was great. And even like 50 years ago, like someone rings your doorbell, it was an exciting event. Like it was a Friday night. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Someone rings your doorbell, right? It's Jimmy. 
Jimmy's at the door. Hey, you know, I was just in the neighborhood. Oh, come on in. I'll put in a pot of coffee. Kids, grab the china. Let's make a night out of it. But today, somebody rings your doorbell. Were you expecting someone? No. Shut the lights. Get down. Get down. Right? It's like avoid it for your life. Hide. It's like on Halloween. We think because the lights are off. People don't know we're home, right? So like interrupting our schedules today is insane. Why? Because we're so busy. I ain't got time for uninvited guests. Like, I don't have time for you to just ring my doorbell and show up uninvited. And what we see here is that Mary and Martha, they didn't know Jesus was coming. It wasn't part of their schedule. And what we see towards the end of this is that both of them had one thing in common. Jesus was not on their schedule. But we see two different responses. That even though Mary was probably like binging Netflix or something, or watching twitch.tv slash bossgs, getting ready to use her Twitch Prime, right? Even though she was busy, she rearranged her schedule to rest in the presence of Jesus. But Martha didn't. Martha was like, no, I, I got to clean, got to take care of the house. Jesus is here, we're going to make some things happen. But then we see that Jesus is saying, Mary did what is better. She, even though it was unexpected, she made room for me in her schedule. I wonder how many of us today, and I'd be guilty too, were so busy that if Jesus rung your doorbell, you wouldn't have time to let him in. I wonder, are we so busy that if Jesus knocked on your door and you opened it, Jesus, is a bad time. You know, I got to drop the kids off at soccer, then I got this, then I got to serve at second service on the hype team. Jesus, this is a bad time. Can you come back later? I wonder how many of our schedules are so busy that if Jesus rang your doorbell, you wouldn't have time to let him in. I wonder, do we need to go back to the drawing board and rearrange our schedules and look at what we're doing on a day-to-day and say, like Pastor Tammy taught us last week, make an appointment with Jesus. I am going to be intentional about at this time in my day, I am going to speak with the king. I'm going to talk with Jesus. I'm going to sit at his feet, and I'm going to put all other distractions aside. I wonder how many of us need to go to our schedule this week and say, you know what? I just can't do all these things. And these are good things. These are good things. I just can't, I can't do them all. Because if I do, I won't have time to rest. And if I rest, if I don't rest, I'm not at my best. I have to be able to do all that God has created me to do, but I can't do it on empty. I need to be resting. The first ingredient in the recipe of rest, we have to be willing to allow Jesus to interrupt your schedule, but you might have to rearrange it to put him on it in the first place. Mary and Martha didn't know he was coming, but Mary made room for Jesus. Martha didn't. Second ingredient that I think we need to learn from this passage is that we need to examine your heart. You need to look at your heart and ask yourself, what are my motives and why am I so busy? Because I want to point your attention. Verse 40, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him being Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to Serve alone? How many of y'all know that when you're tired, like we said earlier, you're not your best self? 
Like, this is actually a very awkward conversation for Martha to have with Jesus. Like, Jesus is their guest. Like, let me give you some pro-marriage tips right now, okay? If you and your husband have invited a friend over for dinner, and he's sitting there, and he's enjoying his meal, and the meal's over, and one of you gets up to maybe start doing the dishes, just a pro-marriage tip, don't say to your guest, Jimmy, can you believe that my husband's not going to help me with the dishes tonight? Probably a conversation you want to wait until your guest has left, right? Jimmy's like, I just came here for the biscuits. Like, I don't know, I, I don't know what's going on. You, y'all better work this out, but working out one, I'm not here. Like, Martha, she's not rested. So she's like acting out of her frustration. Jesus, can you believe Mary? Like, can you believe this woman who's not helping me clean up the house? And she's expecting that Jesus to be like, I know, pff, we should throw her out. She's expecting her to be on Team Martha. But Jesus is like, Martha, you're worried about too much. You have no rest for your mind. You have no rest for your schedule. You're worrying about too, too much. Just, just, just come sit. But she needs to examine her heart. And some of you, you might need to examine yours to really ask yourself, are you saying things that you wouldn't normally say if you weren't so exhausted or stressed? Have you recently been apologizing over and over again? Sorry, I'm just, I'm just overwhelmed. You ever find yourself saying that? So I, I, I didn't mean it that way. I'm just, you know, I've been tired, been busy, so much going on. I'm not myself these days. I'm just not myself these days because I'm so busy. It might be a good signifier to know that you need more rest when you're saying things that make the room really awkward. When you're saying things that you know, like, yeah, probably shouldn't have said that, but I'm just so busy. Just so busy. I'm not myself. You need to examine your heart and the way you're behaving, but also examine your heart on why are you doing the things that you're doing? Back to verse 40. Look at this. This is so eye-catching. Sometimes I read the Bible and my mind just literally explodes, okay? Verse 40, but Martha was distracted. Most of us would agree that distractions are normally a bad thing. Like, we don't normally use distracted in a positive sense, right? I don't think I've ever used the word distraction as a compliment. Like, oh, yeah, I love you, but you're just a huge distraction. And that'd be like a compliment. No, no, it's like, distraction is normally a bad thing. But then look at the follow-up statement. Martha is distracted, which is a bad thing. But what is she distracted with? She's distracted with serving Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> okay, so you tell me, if I know Jesus, I'm called to be a pastor. Paul's told me i got to be a servant, okay? Now Jesus is telling me I'm distracted by serving. I don't know what you want to believe here. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what to do here. This is like Old Testament, New Testament. How can I be distracted, negative thing, by serving Jesus, positive thing? How can I be distracted by a good thing? Especially if you're serving a church, a volunteer. Pastors are probably the worst at this. Examining our hearts. Are you so busy working for God that you don't have enough time to spend with God? Are you so busy setting the table, serving, do what you have to do, that you don't have time to be with Jesus? And sometimes we tell ourselves the lie of, well, but I'm doing a good thing. Well, I'm serving the church. 
well, I'm doing this. My heart's in the right place. And we can almost take being too busy and justify it. Well, I'm too busy, which is bad, but I'm too busy with good things. And that might be true. But too much of a good thing can sometimes become a bad thing. And Jesus says, Martha, you're distracted by serving me. Now, I want you to understand, I want you to serve in an area of the church. But I don't want you to serve in every area of the church. There's only so many days in a week. There's only so many hours in a day. I I want you to have time to rest. I I want you to be healthy. Right now, I'm examining my life because I'm too busy. Too busy. I'm always busy. (laughs) And as I'm reading God's word, it's examining my heart. Susie, you're too busy, man. Too busy. And we justify it because we're too busy doing good things. But being too busy doing a good thing is still a bad thing. Jesus says, Martha, you're distracted. So focused on serving bread, not focused on receiving from the bread of life. Receive, receive, receive. Spending time with Jesus. It's an ingredient in the recipe of rest. Examining your heart. Are you secretly super busy but using it as a cop-out because you want to seem successful? You want to seem like you're making a difference in the world? Well, nobody ever changed the world on five hours a week. Examine your heart. What are your motives behind why you do what you do? Third ingredient in our recipe for rest. This one's big. We have to sit. We have to sit. We have to sit with Jesus. We have to be willing to, like Mary did, sit at the feet of Jesus. I'm going to read to you verse 39. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Mary allowed Jesus to interrupt her schedule allow Jesus, even though it was unexpected, say, you know what? I'm going to make time to sit in the presence of my king, to sit in the presence of God. I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus because he is where I find true rest. Now, I want to give an analogy to help us understand this point. Many of you have probably seen something along these lines, especially if you've been in church a long time. But I want to point out something that I hope will be a little bit different than what you're used to seeing. Now, the water inside this, what is this called, Amanda? Measuring cup. That's what this is called. The water inside this measuring cup represents what we have, our energy, our peace, our joy, our hope. And obviously, I think most of us would agree that I I want to be full of hope, not empty of hope. I want to be full of joy, not empty of joy. I want to be full of patience, not empty of patience. And what we do is we understand, like, we're human beings, like, we're limited, right? I have a limited amount of energy, a limited amount of emotional compassion. You ever been so busy that someone tells you bad news and you just don't care? Like, you just, maybe tomorrow I'll care, but right, I do not care because I'm too busy. Sorry for your, like, my compassion, whoa, way down. Like, yeah, I heard the bad news, but, like, I've been so busy I'm empty. I do not care. Some of y'all been there. No one wants to raise their hand, but we all been there. We all have limited resources, limited time, limited energy, and we understand that when we're going to work, what are we doing? 
We're pouring out of our resources, energy, hope. We understand that when we're talking with other people, taking care of the kids, feeding the dog, we're pouring out. When I got to do laundry, I'm pouring out. When I got to cook dinner, I'm pouring out. When I got to pay the bills, I'm pouring out, and I'm pouring out. And it just seems like everything wants to take from our measuring cup. Everything. But here's a lot of times what we think. Well, I'm obviously using up energy or hope or compassion when I'm doing something and I'm pouring out. And in order for me to rest, I just need to stop pouring. Man, I got I to gotta rearrange my schedule and just cut some things out so that I'm not always pouring. But here's where I think we missed this analogy of time. I've seen this so many times in church. And we talk about, sure, 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 we got we to stop pouring out. And, and sometimes you might. But just because I've stopped pouring, it's not going to add any more water to my cup. Just because I've stopped doing some things, just because I rearranged my schedule, it is never going to fill my cup. It's just going to keep it from losing. But just because I've stopped pouring, pouring doesn't mean I'm refilling. And this is what's happening in 2020. Right now, most people have more free time than ever before. But isn't it interesting that we can have more free time than ever before, but also feel less rested than ever before? People, even if you're working from home, man, I used to have a 45-minute commute in traffic with people like yelling at me and flipping me off, super stressful moments, and then another 45-minute in a rush hour, nothing, used to be super stressful, but now somehow we've gained an hour and a half back in our day, but I feel less rested than I did before. Because we think that resting is simply to stop pouring. Here's what we think resting is. I'm just going to go home, and I'm going to stop working, stop. Uh, you know, I'm not, the laundry's getting done tomorrow. It's not getting done today, kids. It's not getting done. Wear your dirty underwear again. I do not care. It's not happening tonight, and I'm just going to sit on the couch, and I'm going to rest. Because we think that resting is just stopping. Stopping might keep you from emptying your cup more, but it will not fill up your cup. We think that because we watch Twitch for hours a day that we're resting. We think that because we're not using energy that all of a sudden we're getting energy back. There are so many people in the gaming community who spend hours watching Twitch, hours watching YouTube, hours playing video games. But how is it that we can have so much free time but still not feel rested? Because you might be getting rest for your body. Sitting on the couch, relaxing. Believe me, I love to sit on the couch. I have a corner in my couch. It's like my spot. Nobody touches my spot, okay? I love to lay and do nothing. And it might be a rest for my body. And it might even be a rest for my mind. Like when I'm watching Twitch, the only thing that I have to think about is remembering how to type out the smork emote because I always forget. Is it cap capital S-M-O? RC lowercase or I actually currently somebody type it in the chat because I currently don't remember It's the only thing I think about when I'm watching. my brain is off. Okay, and that's the only time I think is when it's time to type the emote Kappa I think capital K. I'm, I don't even remember my mind is off, but just because I'm resting my body resting my mind Doesn't mean that I'm resting my soul It doesn't mean that I'm resting my soul and in 2020, people have more free time than ever. People are home at their place of rest more than ever, yet we are more overwhelmed and more unrested than ever before. 
because we think that resting is simply to stop pouring. But even if I stop pouring, it doesn't put any more water in my cup. But Mary knew how. Mary knew truly what it meant to rest, to sit at the feet of Jesus, to be in the presence of the Prince of Peace, King Jesus, because she knew, yeah, I'm going to interrupt my schedule. And she knew that in order for me to truly find rest, I can't just stop what I'm doing. I've got to sit in the presence of Jesus and let him fill me up. Let him fill me up. Let him continue to fill me. Well, I'm going to read a little bit of his word today. He's going to fill my soul. I'm going to spend a little time worshiping God. He's going to fill my soul. I'm going to sit in the presence of Jesus. But again, we think that resting is simply to stop pouring. Well, I'm going to do less so all of a sudden I'll feel more rested. Your body might, but your soul won't. Your mind might, but your soul won't. World of Warcraft players understand that when I'm out in the world questing, doing my thing. I'm using energy. My mind is going. I got to go here, do that, do this quest, do all these different things. And with that mindset, then to get rested XP for your character is to just stop your character from moving. But while players understand, in order to get rest, you can't just stop what you're doing. You need to go to a certain place. You have to go to an inn. You can't just go anywhere to find rest for your soul. You have to go to a certain place. And you would be amiss to read this passage and go, oh, well, Mary was resting because she was sitting. No, 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 no. Mary wasn't resting because she was sitting. Mary was resting because she was sitting with Jesus. I sit on my couch all the time, but it doesn't give me rest for my soul. I can sit on my couch and stop pouring for an hour or two to take a break, but it doesn't mean that I'm getting rest for my soul. And I believe in 2020, here's what Jesus wants to do. He wants you to sit in his presence so he can fill you up, so he can give you rest, so he can give you peace. But here's what I really believe that the world has today. The world has a lot of Christians who are overwhelmed. The kingdom of God has a lot of soldiers who are overwhelmed, overworked. I've been too busy. We're never going to change the world if we're always overwhelmed, stressed, fatigued, doing too much, putting the kids in everything possible, football, sports, Fortnite, everything. The kingdom of God doesn't need people who are overwhelmed. The kingdom of God needs people who are overflowing. You see, because Jesus wants to fill you up so that you can overflow into the others. He's got an unlimited supply. He is the well that never runs dry. And then when you think that he's out, let me tell you, baby, he's got more. He is the overflowing well that when you take time to sit in his presence, he will continue to fill you up so you can fill others. The world doesn't need Christians who are overwhelmed. The world needs Christians who are overflowing. But do you sit in his presence? Do you sit in his presence? Do you get alone with God and say, God, this is me all the time. Just pouring out, pouring out, and then I'm going to rest. So I guess I'm going to stop pouring. You might get rest for your body. You might get rest for your mind, but you will not get rest for your soul. And I pray that this week you'll rearrange your schedule so you can sit 
with Jesus, like Mary did. So you can get into his presence. You might have to say no to something important. So you can say yes to something more important, which is Jesus. We're never going to change the world. We're never going to give people in 2020 who have no hope, hope if we don't have any ourselves. we got to be willing to overflow on other people who need what we have. The world doesn't need Christians who are overwhelmed. The world needs Christians who are overflowing. Final point, final ingredient that I think we need in our recipe for rest. First, we need to rearrange. Second, we need to examine. Third, we need to sit. Fourth, we need to trust. You see, it's a very, very important principle that God's been revealing to me about why some of us maybe don't rest. And I want to read to you our final verse, verse 41. But the Lord answered her, Mary, I'm sorry, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Again, reading 41. Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled. The same word here for anxious is the same word that's used in Matthew chapter 6. If you don't know Matthew chapter 6, in the beginning portion of it, it talks about how we're too anxious. We're worried about everything. Jesus says, don't be worried about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. I've been guilty of allowing my rest to stem from a a lack of trust in God. An inability to believe that even if I do less, God can still do more. I've been guilty. Well, I mean, the church needs to be run, and this needs to happen, and, and the stream's got to go, and this beating's got to happen, and da 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 and lacking to believe. Now, in your mind, you would say, well, of course I believe God doesn't need me to work more hours to build the kingdom. Of course. He's God. He doesn't need me. But Jesus would say to you, if that's what you really believe, let me see your schedule. Because your schedule will tell me what you really believe. The hours that you put in, the things that you do, what you actually do will tell me what you really believe. And Martha said, Jesus said, Martha, you're too anxious. The dishes don't need to get done. It's going to be all right. You need to rest. I know you want to serve in a second area of the church, but you need rest we got to examine our hearts. Well, I want to keep serving, serving, serving because I want to build the kingdom. But do we believe that God can build the kingdom without you? Do we believe that if you do less, God can't do more? I've been guilty of it. I I wouldn't admit it in my mind, but my schedule would tell you a different story. My schedule would tell you what, not what I think I believe, but what I really believe. I challenge you, trust God enough that even if you have to take more time to find rest for your soul, everything's going to be okay. He'll take care of your family. The dishes, they can get done tomorrow. They might stink a little bit, but it's going to be all right. We need to work 100 hours a week to provide for our family. 
but at what cost? At what cost? Who's the provider, you or God? At what cost? Sometimes we refuse to rest because we don't trust God. But I challenge you, trust him enough that even if you do less, he'll still do more. Martha, Martha, you're too anxious. I know you want to serve me food, and these are good things you're doing. Serving me food and getting things, these are good things. And he doesn't say what Mary did is right and what you're doing is wrong. He just says what Mary's doing is just better. It's just better. We are human beings. And not resting is probably the most commonly committed sin in our culture. The world celebrates being busy, but God celebrates rest. He also celebrates hard work. God wants you to work hard, but he doesn't want you to work all the time. He doesn't want you to be so busy that when he knocks on your door, you can't fit him in your schedule. So I wonder today, if you would examine your heart, would you say that I truly feel rested in my soul? Because if I'll be honest, a lot of times I don't. And it's not God's fault. It's mine. So I might need to look at my ingredients in the recipe for rest. I might need to rearrange my schedule. I might need to stop saying yes to so many things. I might need to understand that my kid doesn't need to be in football and basketball and the chess club and this. He's not going to end up doing all of them with his life anyway. We can just pick a few things and focus on those. I understand that I can trust God. He is my provider. I might have to rearrange my schedule, examine my heart. How am I doing? Am I always apologizing for sorry? You know, I'm not myself. I'm just overwhelmed. Too busy. We might need to set, set a time to sit at the feet of Jesus. Don't think that stopping is resting. It might be for your body and for your mind, but it is not for your soul. Sit in his presence because the world doesn't need Christians who are overwhelmed. The world needs Christians who are overflowing. And you might need to realize, I gotta stop being so anxious. I need to trust God. Rearrange, examine, sit, trust. The four ingredients for the recipe of rest I got to trust God that even if I do less, he can still do more. And so for all of us, that looks different. For me, it's a real, real honest look at my schedule. Saying, God, you'll take care of the church even if I work a normal amount of hours. You're the king of this church. Jesus said to Peter, I will build my church. I will provide. I will take care. We just get to be a part and be stewards of God's story. But ultimately, he's some can plant, some can water, but God brings the increase. God grows his church. God takes care of your life. What do you need to change this week so that you can rest, but not just on your couch, in his presence? So I wonder if we could take a minute, even begin to practice now. Minutes going to sing a song and worship, and in a few minutes, Pastor Boz will come up. But I challenge you, wherever you're at, whether you're sitting, standing, maybe you want to kneel, that we'll do what Mary did. We'll just sit in his presence and focus on these words and we will worship God and we will ask him, God, I'm overwhelmed. Bring rest to my soul so that I can overflow onto others and make an impact in the world around me. So I encourage you, set all distractions aside 
and focus on worshiping Jesus and allow him to bring you rest. I melted your peace. 
tell you, I feel extremely convicted right now. I've been this week more busy than I have been in a very, very long time, and it is not helping me get rest. I come before you to tell you that because I want to encourage you that we need to, as he said in his illustration, be continuously overflowing, not just sitting down and resting. You can binge watch Netflix all you want. You can watch all eight seasons of, of House and all 12 seasons of Bones and get up and still feel like you haven't gotten any rest at all because it's not giving your spirit rest. It might be giving your body and your mind rest, but your spirit isn't rested. How can we continue to do more for Jesus? Continually be overflowing, continually be rested, to be continued to sitting at his feet and in his peace. I want to give you an opportunity right now. Maybe some of you have, you're, you're, you're experiencing the same type of week I have, or maybe you've been going through years of this where you have not been getting any rest at all. Maybe you've been working too much, too much time for to do this, too much time that I have to do cooking dinner and doing the dishes, but you just need to sit at his feet, open up the word of God, continue to pray for him and receive his peace. Maybe you've been doing this for a very long time and you haven't received a lot of peace from Jesus in a long time. So you've been kind of straying away from Jesus. You've been straying away from your faith. I want to give you the opportunity to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ right now. But maybe you're that person that doesn't even know how to rest at the feet of Jesus Christ. You haven't received him in your heart ever. And you've been searching for so long. It's been, it's been 20 years and I still don't know how to get that rest. It's been 30 years and I still don't know what rest actually means because I'm just tired every single day of my life. Where is that peace? I can tell you it's found at the feet of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died for you on the cross. Not, not so that you could be so busy throughout your entire life, but so that you can rest in his peace. He died for each and every one of you on the cross. He spilled his blood. And three days later, after he died on the cross, he rose from the dead, knowing that we were going to have to be saved from our sins. He came to this earth and lived a pure life, died and rose from the dead so we could be saved of our sins. So one day we can repent of our sins and go to the Father and ask for forgiveness. And because we do that, we can finally receive that peace that Jesus Christ has for us and spend an entire eternity with him when these bodies here on earth pass away. So I want to give you the opportunity. If you don't know Jesus Christ right now, I want to give you an opportunity right now for the very first time to receive that peace that Jesus Christ can give to you. If you'd like to receive him or rededicate your life, I'd ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I come before you right now. I believe in your son, Jesus, and I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. And God, I believe that he rose from the dead. I ask for forgiveness for my sins. And I ask Jesus, I receive from you right now your peace, your salvation, 
and I commit my life to you. Come and live inside of me. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, if this is your first time coming to know Jesus Christ, or maybe you rededicated your life, I want you to do something extremely bold right now. If you rededicated your life, I want you in the chat, or maybe you're live right now and you just rededicated your life to Jesus. I'm going to count down from three. And when I say one, put a yes in the chat, but not yet. Type it out. Don't hit that enter button yet. And don't throw your hands up if you rededicate your life or ask Jesus Christ into your life for the very first time. And when I say one, I want you to throw your hands in the air and I want you to press that enter button and spam yes in the chat if you rededicated your life or asked him into your heart for the very first time. And I'm believing by faith that right, not only right now, but people in the future, people on YouTube, people that are watching the, the VODs on Twitch, that people are giving their lives to Jesus Christ and finding that peace that Jesus can only give to us. So I'm going to count down from three, three, two, one, and let's see it. We already got one person coming in the chat. He's, he hit the yes button too quick, but that's okay. We want to celebrate with you. And we got people putting yeses in the chat right now, which is absolutely amazing. And I want to, I want to congratulate you guys and celebrate with you. And Hey, if you guys can do me a favor and go down to the link or the panels below, and you guys can click on the next level panel. That will allow us to be able to give you a little bit more information, give you some resources on how to uh, kind of walk on this new journey that you have with Jesus Christ. We'd love to be able to be beside you, be able to answer some questions for you about what, what do I do now? Where do I go in the Bible? How, do I, how much do I pray? How much do I read my Bible? We'd love to be able to help you with those answers. 